The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas Desert and Energy Industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. I am so very pleased to have the owner of our sponsor, Electronic Restoration Services, Mike Kinney, as my special guest today. Our regular listeners know that we mention ERS in every show as a sponsor and as an example of restoration, which is so fitting for those who have lost a few wrestling matches in life and are trying to recover from those losses. Mike purchased ERS in 2014 as a hedge against a disastrous silent partner investment in another small business that was working its way through litigation with the bank to an unpleasant ending. Anyone who has been involved in a failed business or a bad partnership knows how stressful those times can be and how protracted the process can be to bring them to a close. However, the toughest thing to tackle can often be forgiving those who have significantly hurt you financially so that you can move forward without clinging to bitterness and resentment forever. Mike, welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thank you, David. I'm so honored to be here. And by the way, you may not have known, but we have rebranded to Prism Specialties. So that's our new name going forward. Okay. Well, we'll mention that on the show. Perfect. Too. All right. Well, let's begin in the uh, 20, or 2008 to 2013 time period when you were the CFO of an oil field service company. Uh, these were some tough times in the energy business cycle and in the economy in general with the home mortgage debacle tanking the global economy. Uh, as CFO, you were taking extreme measures to manage cash and fighting for survival of the company. How did that play out, and how did you end up leaving that position? Yeah, David. So the organization that I worked for was a small, publicly held and traded company. Okay, um, My role as CFO was to not only ensure the accuracy of the financial statements, but was also to uh, – I was designated as the liaison for the stockholders, suppliers, and the employees and all of those, those various people. So, uh, and on top of that, I was responsible for all matters related to the SEC. Okay, so high stress position, certainly, Indeed. and especially during those tumultuous times back then, right? Right. Okay, and needless, needless to say, the all of those entities that I just alluded to were highly stressed about what was going on within the company. So, it, it was it was a really challenging time. Now, ultimately, what happened is. The board of directors decided to take the company from a publicly traded company to a privately traded company, and uh, I left on good terms as a result. Okay, and then uh, you know they gave you uh, like a package or something. So, it, so right. now you're you're unemployed and you're looking for what you're going to do next. Uh, so tell us about the silent partner investment you made in in the landscaping business. Sure. So I was actually doing some outsourced CFO work for a landscaping company. And it was at that point that I met the C, the COO there who asked me to do some due diligence on a company that he had targeted for acquisition, okay? As a result, he said that he would compensate me a percent 
uh, 50% ownership, which was pretty good for just helping him with due diligence. But I would come in as a silent partner is really what our relationship would be. Okay. So, you know, you're in that silent partnership and then – you know, how did you come to learn about this large sum of money that went missing from the business, and how did that revelation make you feel? Yeah. Uh, and then well, tell us what you did about it. Yeah, it, well, it certainly uh, stressed me out significantly when I found out about this, right? And it was like, oh, no, how could this possibly happen? So I started to delve into it because what had happened is the bank had loaned us a significant amount of money. Okay, to not only as startup capital, but also as working capital, you know, so we could get through the beginning, you know, of of this venture. So about a year into the acquisition, uh, I noticed that the company was not paying their bills. Okay, so I approached uh, the partner who said the situation was created because of slow paying customers. So that was his response to me. And I said, okay, well, we've got to get that resolved somehow. So tell me, you know, let me know how you're going to resolve this issue going forward. And as a financial guy, I was very, you know, focused on the financial component of the business. Okay. Um, But ultimately, when I peeled that onion back, what I found is that the partner had absconded with a significant amount of money. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was significant. Okay. For anybody. So then what I also found interesting is once this issue surfaced, the partner filed for bankruptcy and left me holding the bag. So there I was. So um, I actually went to the bank. I just felt God leading and saying, you got to go to the bank and tell them what's going on. So I went and I talked to the executive team at the bank and I said, look, you know, here's what's happened. Okay. This guy has taken a significant amount of the money that you loaned to us. So um, I'm here to just tell you I want to do what's right and do whatever we need to do to resolve this thing. So, I mean, I'm sure that had to be uh, a frightening experience, and then you don't know how the bank's going to react. You know, he's already declared bankruptcy. So take us through, you know, then, you know, getting getting with lawyers and then this lengthy multi-year process where – the banks and the lawyers, you know, and how they're advising you, you know, to try to resolve this and, and bring, you know, the matter, you know, to a close. Sure. So initially, they gave us the opportunity to cure the the situation, okay? So they, they asked me to kind of take the lead to go through and see if there was an opportunity to make things, to make them whole, okay? So after a couple of months, they actually determined that they that there was no opportunity, and I came to that conclusion as well, that there was no opportunity to cure this thing. He had left it in such a bad, dire strait that that there was just nothing that we could do to make that happen. So was the, the landscaping still going on? Were there customers, and were they still doing the work? Well, uh, on paper there was. You know, there was really not a good volume of customers. First of all, the quality of the service that was being provided was less than stellar. Mm-hmm. So the customers were dropping the, was dropping the company left and right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, the partner didn't tell me that. <laughs> you know, he said, things are great. Things are really moving along. It's just we got a lot of slow payers. Okay? So that's, that's what I thought was going on. So he really, 
he left me in the dark about a lot of things. Mm. Okay, and so uh, what ultimately happened is the bank the bank ended up suing us. Okay, suing. Well, since he had filed for bankruptcy, they ended up suing me as the other you know sole partner in that situation. Now, the way the agreement read was I was a silent partner. Okay, which mean that the other partner would run the business full time, you know, and, you know, essentially I would just support the organization financially any way I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, what, what I also found very interesting is that as we started moving forward th- with this, as the lawsuit pursued, and by the way, it went on for six years. Ah, I know, <laughs> yeah. that's terrible. So They'd the, be strung out like that. This yeah. started actually in. 2015 and ended, we finally settled in 2021. Wow. Okay. So so it was six years of big time stress. Right. Okay. Yeah. And ultimately what my attorneys suggested I do, you know, after bantering, after suggesting that we need to get aggressive, you know, you were defrauded and, you know, you need to uh, – we need to fight it because you were the, the defrauded party. Ultimately, they, they told me, now, we just got to lie, you know, turn over and just say, hey, you know, what do you need us to do? And uh, their, their ultimate conclusion was that I need to file for bankruptcy, okay? And since the other partner filed for bankruptcy successfully, they suggested that I do the same thing. So what made you uh, reluctant about uh, following their advice? You know, I, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, and I asked God, you know, where do you, want, where do you want me to go with this? I mean, I just don't feel comfortable that you want me to file for, for bankruptcy. It just, it just was not something that, that I felt I needed to do. And, I, and, and God, I think, was very clear that he didn't want me to file for bankruptcy. Okay, so um, I told the attorneys that I wanted to avoid bankruptcy at all costs and pay the debt. Okay, and they said, "Well, we're going to have to, uh, you know, get this thing settled with the bank." So, you know, after, like I said, about five plus years, we ultimately settled for an amount. Okay, that was significant. It was very significant, you know. And, but you know what's interesting is when I told the attorneys this, they were actually quite surprised. They were going, what? You can get out of this for nothing by filing for bankruptcy. And I said, it's just not what God wants me to do. And and they they were, I could tell by the looks on their face and the tone of their voice. I had three attorneys at one point, okay, (laughs) working on different things. So, uh, you know, they, they just thought that I would succumb and go with their recommendation. And quite frankly, this was just not something that I wanted to do. You know, um, I, I truly believe that it was a significant witness to these guys that I decided to go ahead and pay the obligation that I had committed to and not revert to the easier mechanism, which was bankruptcy. Well, and that's that's very very a super high integrity and and it is extraordinary these days and uh you know so you're wrestling with the decision to declare bankruptcy or eat this significant sum uh of of debt which was a result of theft by your partner i know usually they can try to find an asset and go 
claim that asset, but I guess you know it had just been uh, like sand through the fingers. I, I don't believe I could have done it honestly. And so, you, so you make this decision to take on the debt, you know, that mm-hmm. someone else had left you with. How are you able to forgive the untrustworthy partner for his stealing? I think that's even the more significant story here. Sure. You know, I, I want to go back and, and also let you know that the bankers themselves were also very surprised that I didn't go down the bankruptcy route. Oh, sure. They, they thought, okay, they had already written this debt off, mm-hmm. and they thought, we're never going to see this thing again. So when the attorneys told them, no, Mike is planning on paying this, they were completely surprised too. And I think it was a great witness to them as well, not only the attorneys, but the bankers. So anyway, so so back to the next one, to um, making the decision to to take on the, the debt and then forgiving the partner was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. You know, quite frankly, when I was going through this, I was just thinking about I want to wring his neck. You know, I want to punch him in the nose. Sure. You know, all of those things. And that many we other guys, fantasies. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, you know, or, uh, you know, worse. Right. Um, fortunately, uh, you know, God brought me back to real, to the realization that, that look, um, you know, I, I've got to, for me to be free, I've got to completely forgive this guy. Okay, because otherwise I'm going to be battling this for a long time. You know, uh, I mean his his word was very clear in my ear this whole time. I have forgiven you, and I have provided for you. So you need to forgive him. And I, I remember, I remember those words ringing in my ear very distinctly. And uh, you know, it wasn't easy, but you know, I did. It took a time. It took a period of time. It took lots of prayer, lots of time in God's Word for me to get through this this period of time because it was it was not easy. Of course you know? not. And it, I mean, it was it was running parallel with this time where I was going through repaying the debt too. You know, so it was God was saying, "Okay, you know, you're going to repay the debt and you're going to forgive this guy." <laughs> you know, so it was kind of a double whammy. Sure, but. Uh, you know, it. I, I did. I did mean, did I you uh, talk to him and actually tell him that you were forgiving him, or how did that? You what know, did that look like for you? I, I, uh, quite frankly, no. Okay. And you know, I mean, God's word was also pretty clear. You know, you don't have to reconcile with this guy. You know, the forgiveness comes on your end. Right. You know, you Mike need to forgive him, and you don't have to reconcile with him because. You know, he did a, a dastardly deed, right? Right. <laughs> so, but but you do need to forgive him and know that you have forgiven him. So, you know, that was absolutely the first step, you know. Um, the other thing that God was very faithful at doing is he – so l- let me move back a little bit. He was actually working to provide the funds I needed to pay the debt, Okay, so last year our company had a fantastic year. You know, our being in the restoration business, you know, our business is is all about, you know, restoring businesses, restoring uh, residences after they've been impacted by a disaster, whether it's fire, water, lightning, something like that. That's Mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so um, it, it was just a tremendous year. So at the point that that debt was due. I looked in my bank account, 
and it was almost exactly the amount of money I needed to be able to pay off that debt. Yeah, that's that's remarkable. I know that you know when when we were having lunch, you were telling me, you know, so you, this is going on for you know six years, and so you know at some point in there, you had you had invested in ERS as kind of a hedge. You're like, well, obviously this right. this one is uh, is a flusher, exactly, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to have to do something else, you know, to to work for livelihood to pay off this debt, and so you had gotten in, invested in ERS, which is now PRISM, right? And, that's correct. And, mm-hmm. and so that that was God kind of working things out. I think that's, that's what I want to help our audience understand is, you know, the, the point of this whole show is to give people hope. And when you've gone through a terrible business situation like this and you've been betrayed and someone has, has cheated you and, and lied to you and then you're you're kind of left holding the bag. You know, that's that's one thing to kind of just deal with that. Mm-hmm. But then to uh, to forgive the person and trust God, because like you said, you know, the bankers, uh, the lawyers were, well, you know, just declare bankruptcy. That's easy. You know, someone someone's just going to eat it. We just spread that cost out around yeah. the other bank customers. And that's that's how it works, folks. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's exactly. No right. one really wins in lawsuits uh, except lawyers, I have to say. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but at any rate, um, so. You know, so the rest of the story then is, you know, you've been restored, you know, ERS. Uh, tell us a little bit more about ERS now and where, because this, this PRISM uh, story is also, you know, I think, you know, he promises in the Bible that, you know, test me on this and I will give you more, you know, shaken down, pressed, overflowing. And so it's been even even more bountiful yeah. uh, than, than settling the debt, hasn't you, it? You know what I found throughout this whole thing? I mean, I always look for the life's lessons, you know, through all this. And what I really found out is God is is completely faithful. I mean, I would categorize this as a miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, a miracle that I that I ultimately forgave this guy. <laughs> you know, but also yeah. a miracle that God provided the money that I needed to to pay this back. I mean, th- those are are truly truly miracles. Okay, He also provided this business too. That. Quite frankly, when I got into to the business, you know, six, seven years ago, I knew nothing about it, nothing about it. And he actually brought people to me. He brought my general manager who had been in the business for 20 years. He knew the business intimately. And so, you know, I was able to hire him kind of right out, right out the gate. Uh, he, and then he started bringing people from our competitors because we had established a godly culture where we did everything based on biblical principles. I mean, if you walk into our office, you'll see scripture on the wall everywhere. And as a small business owner, I can do that because I right. can do whatever I want, right? Right, right. <laughs> but, but that's how we, that's how we um, you know, set up the company. And it, is, it attracted people to our organization because we could bring in the best and the brightest. What they would do is they would come in, we would we would uh, empower them, enable them to perform by providing them the resources they, need, they needed, and then let them loose and let them get after it. And that's how we've grown our business from zero seven years ago to, you know, close to $10 million today. What, so. a, what a fantastic story. Now, tell me a little bit more about the, the employees because I think that's important too is mm-hmm. today – you know, people want to have work that that's meaningful. They want to have work that al- aligns, you know, with their values. So, if you're unhappy somewhere, and you know, you're working for a company, you're even maybe questioning the ethics of the company, or mm-hmm. it's just let's just say it's significantly out of alignment with your own personal values. And then, 
you know, you get an opportunity. Tell us about how you establish the vision and the mission and the goals to to attract those those employees who are you know ringing the bell for you now. Absolutely. So we we establish again. We use biblical principles as kind of our baseline. Mm-hmm. So uh, and uh, what we told our guys is that hey, when you come into our organization, we're going to treat you right. Now those are just words, but. It, it became an, an all-out effort on all of our parts to make sure that they were treated treated well, okay? We're the only ones in our space, in our industry, that provide a full array of benefits, okay? We have uh, profit sharing. We have uh, bonus programs, all of those types of things, which is unheard of in so this you're industry. So you're sharing in the success of the company. We're I think that's really key, folks, is that uh – you know, a, a moral, ethical, godly business owner is going to take care of his employees. It's not going to be so greedy where they want it all for themselves. Yeah. And so by sharing, mm-hmm. then they get to participate in the success of the company. And you know what's interesting about that, too? As we share, we see God providing more, you know. And it, it, it's just so good, so comforting to see that that happen, you know, that that God – I mean, he wants us to provide for people, I mean, I, I believe it's an honor to be able to be an employer that has, you know, 30-some-odd employees. And I, I take critical responsibility, you know, because I, I want those families to, to flourish, you know. So we we pay people a, a very good rate. And like I said, we provide all their benefits and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, your, and your son's working for you now too, right? And my son is actually running our Dallas-Fort Worth office, office. My daughter was working for us until she started having babies, grandchildren, you know. And so now she's a home mom. So, um, yeah, that's, that's also an honor to be a granddad. You know, everything they say about being a granddad is true. <laughs> well, I think it's just fantastic because it's just a, a testimony here on the show – of how God does reward the right behaviors. And we don't know how he's going to work it out. And in Romans, it says, you know, God works all things out for good. Mm-hmm. And when you're sitting there looking at, you know, a significant debt and how am I going to pay this? And, you know, I, I'm i trying to find a, a new employment or, you know, job and everything else and that how you trusted God and how he's uh, continued to pour those blessings out is just a, a yeah. fantastic testimony. I also want to thank you on air live here for sponsoring our show, oh, uh, which is another, another generous Thing that's helping. So, folks, I don't know about you, but, you know, like right now I'm having to deal with some roof leaks and just trying to get somebody to come out and take a look at it. And, you know, they don't want to do little work. And so I get ridiculous quotes, you know, and I <laughs> think I can get up there and fix it myself, you know. But it's just so nice to have the option to have a, a, a company like yours. So if you need any kind of restoration, now you guys are doing restoration in, in uh, fabric or uh, we cloth do or? we do electronics textiles documents and art and art so and the new name is prism specialty prism specialty so folks if you have any restoration needs go to god first for the main one but mm-hmm. then if you have anything in those areas that mike's talked about well uh call ers and i just want to thank you again you know for sharing your story with us here mike uh you know, I want to also uh, just let our listeners know if you know of other good stories like this that we can share that show how people make it through these valleys and come out on a mountaintop even higher than they were before, email us at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com to offer input, suggestions, or feedback on any of our programs. So just real quickly, I'll say a closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for 
for Mike Kenny and for his testimony, for having the courage to tell the bankers, no, I'm not going to forfeit. Uh, God, Jesus gave his life for our sins, and mm-hmm. he just modeled that taking on the debt of others, our sin. And we just thank you for this opportunity that, for Mike to share his story, and thank you for his sponsorship of Wrestling with the Inner Man, this program. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man. With David Savage, we believe the winners in this ring. Courageously follow God's word. Love and protect God's woman. Excel at God's work. Batters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.